0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Technology Podcast.
1: Thank you for joining us today and don't forget to check out the upper episodes if you haven't already. Today we're joined by three special guests, John Harris, Ian Woosley and Jonathan Tucker, all from Panasonic. We cover a wide range of topics from what it is at the heart of Panasonic operations to their bespoke customer solutions that they offer. Don't forget to check out our socials at Technology Magazine and let us know what you think of the podcast.
2: So, I think we're ready to go then gents um good we will uh we'll launch in with the first question if you could all please tell me a little bit about yourselves and your journeys to your current role as a panasonic tough
1: book so um john tucker william yeah, pleased to to be on this call I've been with the the company since uh it's almost twenty two years now actually it will be twenty two years in a couple of weeks so sort of a man and boy um originally in a sort of a software engineering role technical team lead role sort of had spells in uh, different parts of the business, in engineering, in service, in sort of factory management, more recently product marketing, and more recently sort of GM for um, engineering solutions, product marketing, and quality. That's my current position. Predominantly sort of always been have a a technical understanding with a, a sort of an engineering background, but very much sort of customer focused. So um, understanding what the technology means to business and things like that. So
3: My name is John Harris. I'm currently the technology strategist for Book in Japan, but with a European feel to it. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. <laughs> job in Japan that, that's looking after Europe. I was due to start on the 1st of July, um, but currently stuck in my home office in Winchester with an... Uh, Estimated start date of God knows when <laughs> so, uh, done various roles. Same as John uh, was looking after uh, engineering uh, for a while, but the role mainly now is, is looking out to sort of the future of, of, of technology and what our customers are, are thinking about using sort of an- trying to anticipate demand. Um, always been in tough book. Um, same as John, love the product, uh, love working with our customers and really enjoy working with the company. Fantastic.
0: All right, me, I'm not so much of a, of a Panasonic dinosaur as the other two, but I've been in the company now, I think, eight or nine years. I started with Panasonic actually some while back when I was doing a master's thesis at business school, and I based it on Panasonic in Newport, actually. I uh, started working for uh, Panasonic as part of that, um, that study. That included also uh, some study abroad in the U.S., and I did some work with Panasonic. There. And then after that, when I graduated, I, um, I actually joined Panasonic in Japan. So previously, i had spent some time living in Japan for war. Um, and I speak a bit of Japanese. So uh, based on the work I'd done and the, the colleagues I was working with there, I joined the company in Japan, based in Tokyo, and Yokohama. Working a lot with the guys uh, working centrally in Japan from the Office of the President, and they were building the solutions business, right? So um, more and more focusing on, Uh, bespoke uh, solutions for customer specific issues right Um, and then the other flip side of that is uh, global account management key account management and so on and generating those account relationships
2: that's great well it's lovely to meet you all and thank you uh, so much for giving us a little bit of clarity on uh, what you guys do and how you got there Um, so now we've got a bit of a general question but I think it'll be important to just uh just to flesh out to our readers um, at the beginning of the article. So if you could please describe the company in your own words and what it does.
3: Yeah. So we're a hundred and something year old uh, electronics virtual, manufacturer. Yeah.
2: And I think
3: um, you know, from my perspective, if you sort of look at the history of the company and the way that the company was founded and the products that we've we've developed, it's always about essentially solving a problem or, or solving a, a, a need you know the first product that that was really successful the first product we, we developed was a, a light bulb splitter so in the, in the old days in japan 100 years ago they used to have a single point uh, for for electricity in the house that used to be the light bulb and you know uh, our founder actually built a, a product that would split that that light bulb holder into two so that they could use a light bulb and an electrical product like a, an iron or, or or whatever so um I mean, it's all about sort of solving People's uh, needs uh, and building products that really add value to, to customers' lives. So I think that's you know, if you want to sort of sum it up from from my point of view, uh, what it is. Uh, I suppose as we're getting old, as the company's getting older, we're we're seeing that you know, just supplying a piece of hardware is not necessarily the the only thing that we can do, and we're looking at sort of expanding the the products and solutions and software and services that go around the the product uh, in order to solve our uh, customers'
1: uh, issues. Yeah, and there's, there's two things I'd like to add to that, John, as well, is the, um, we are very much an engineering company. You know, when you think about the, the I think that the brand Panasonic is uh, historically well known. You know, when you, you you sort of talk to maybe the the younger audience today, um, you know, your, your teens and sort of uh, school children, maybe that brand is not so well known. Because of the, I think, our position in sort of uh, lots of the um, sort of consumer goods space, TVs and, you know, uh, DVD drives, things like that over the years has given us that sort of good brand recognition. That's not so apparent today um, with the younger ones. Because, you know, you obviously, I don't know if you have kids, William, but my 14 year old, uh, he does have a Panasonic TV, but that's purely for, for gaming. So he's aware of it. But generally, they don't watch TV in the same way that we did when we were growing up. Um, and I think the other point there is the that's sometimes the challenge and the bit that we have to sort of grasp as, a, as an organization. The, 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 the marketing around that, I always use the analogy where, you know, when I joined the company, it's not so much of a joke nowadays, actually, because Huddersfield is quite a good football team, but we sponsored Huddersfield Town, you know, being a, being a Man United fan, when you, you're watching Man United playing the Champions League, coming up against Juventus, where they've got Sony and PlayStation written across their shirt, where Panasonic was sponsoring Huddersfield Town. Um, you know, Huddersfield done quite well, obviously, in, in recent years, but... Generally, the engineering bit, the uh, the investment into R and D, low level. You know, with we're, we're the global um, the last thirty years, last three decades, we're the number one in terms of global patents registration. It just shows the the you know seven percent of our global turnover is ploughed back into R and D because we're looking for the you know the next sort of great um, innovation and. It, it, with our 15,000 products, I don't know what it is today, but it's approximately 15,000 products. You know, there's a huge amount of R&D that goes into all of those product lines, anything from a component up to a, you know, a very integrated um, sort of A-line um, you know, uh, what do you call it, John? Um, in-flight entertainment, in-flight entertainment, and in- you know, Wi-Fi systems and things like that. So, I think the the the, the challenge for us as an organisation is that marketing thing. We we did a big push a couple of years ago in the uh, the Formula One space with uh, with Toyota, um, but the that's probably our uh, biggest challenge. But. Culturally, what I love about the organization is that sort of, the, sort of the autonomy to go and try something. It's very much people before products. Um, you know, if you've, if you've got the idea, the company will back you all the way. And it's not one of those ones, the companies where it's sort of flavor of the month either. It's like, you know, we're going to do this today and then tomorrow we've changed our mind. Sorry, you know, I've got to close that down. And the company is very much with you on that journey. Um, and I like that. And that's part of why it's kept me here for, sort of for, for so long as well. You know, it's not sort of just flavor of the month, change your mind and you've got to go, or we're doing mm. something different. So it's been a good journey. Anything you want to add there, Ian? Just a couple of things. So um,
0: in terms of what the company does, right? I mean, we're a huge diversified company. So we're doing a whole range of things, right? Across uh, some of the things that John's mentioned, across uh, industrial components and machinery, uh, even life solutions we have, we built uh, housing, we built whole towns in some parts of Asia, right? Um, if you have a piece of equipment, there may well be a Panasonic component inside it and so on. Right? So the, the range of business that we do globally is, is, is huge. right? Um, on our side of the business, um, again, is this, this customer focus, right? So when it becomes to cu- culture of the company, I think customer focus is definitely one of them, as, as John said. Um, as we've always done, right, as as our founder did for products, but also uh, for marketing channels, sales channels, and so on, right? Um, so that customer focus is always there. And in order to maintain our relevance to the customer in this age, right, that's why we focus on solutions. That's why we stay relevant. That's how we stay relevant to our customers, right? So in this B2B solutions part that we're doing, re- remembering that we're over 70% B2B as a company now, yeah, um, that's where we focus and we focus on our customer issues and start there first before we introduce the tech. Um, and, uh, we're then bringing them a solution that will include hardware, software and services over and, and, and that kind of aftercare as well, uh, backing them up and this could be solutions in warehousing, in retail, in manufacturing, uh, bringing our know-how there, um, and that's what we're doing these days. And the culture, very much customer focused but uh, also I'd say very inventive. You know, we, we we reinvent ourselves quite a lot, right, uh, to keep up with the times and and make our strategic decisions and put investment in different areas. You'll see that, for example, with Tesla at the moment, where, And ambitious, I would say too, right? Uh, the strategic goals that we have coming from our management in Japan, in terms of the contributions to society that's ongoing and how we do that can be very, very large projects such as those sustainable smart cities and so on that we get involved in um, because we have so much to offer there. Right? So there's a lot of ambition, I would say.
3: Yeah, I think, so, that, William, in Japan, you know, Panasonic is a is a really, really strong recognized brand. It's a Japanese brand and, and it's really, really well trusted. And we've been in the solution business since the 50s in Japan. You know, we do turnkey solutions. We we wrote the software and developed all of the, the, the equipment for the Japanese uh, Highway toll system. Uh, we've done infrastructure projects around uh, traffic management systems in in cities, and, and like Ian says, but you know, lots and lots of uh, big city projects. We're just not known for doing that much of, it, of of it outside of Japan, and that's where the focus is now: is trying to replicate that success that we've had in Japan and sort of bring it bring it to the sort of bring it to the Western world. That success in certain areas. Um, but not as much as we would like. I think the key thing for us is going back to what Ian just said there about that customer relationship. In a majority of cases, most of our customers um, that we've been doing business with for a few years recognize the the support that they get and the, the fact that when they're purchasing a Panasonic product, they're not just buying it and then you know we're, we're selling it and then we're sort of leaving them alone. We're there throughout the journey that they take with it, even to the point where, you know, myself and John have probably At least once a year, right, John, at least once a year, we'll have a story that started off as a complete disaster because something's gone wrong, Um, you know, either be a a quality issue or a software-related issue that's unrelated to what what we're doing. But we stood there with the customer, uh, shoulder to shoulder, uh, working through the problem and not pointing fingers, saying, oh, it's his problem, it's their problem. It's like, okay, we've got a problem. Let's work together to come up with a resolution. And and that, um, the Americans call it, uh, was it, customer currency you know that 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 relationship currency you have with customers Mm -hmm. to that you've worked through problems results in a really really amazing relationship with them
1: and that's where the the brand is very strong john isn't it is that brand about you know the quality the trust in you know people know that you know we're never particularly in the sort of um yeah the majority of cases we're not the the cheapest solution um, but you know what you will get is quality. You will get a partner-led approach. You know you will get something that you can trust and rely on. I think that's important. You know, there's always going to be a, a, a cheap um, commodity product somewhere else that you can find. Uh, but Panasonic bring all that together. Stand, as John said, stand shoulder to shoulder, and it will work. Uh, and issues will always come up, particularly in this. Uh, you know, in in the business, there will always be issues around the the, the product because it's now so complicated around comms and all those things. Issues will happen. Um, and they're looking for somebody because, you know, you, you're talking about mission, mission critical deployments in the B2B space. Um, you know, you've got to get it right at some point. So I think that's important. They look to us and we're a trusted sort of player in the market. Taking a look yeah. at, um, at Toughbook a little bit more specifically then?
2: Uh, could you give me an overview of those products and the technologies involved with them?
1: Yeah so shall I I'll, I'll kick off John if you don't mind. Um, you can feel your boots mate.
3: <laughs> Are you ready for this William because John oh, was in product marketing am. for 3 years
1: so Yeah well I'm <laughs> bracing no, myself. See. Yeah no I see. I'll try and keep it sort of short and sweet. But um yeah t- toughbook essentially is is a um, uh, computers for the the outside world a commo- commercial off the shelf model um, which has been different from sort of the, you know, 20, 25 years ago where everything was sort of custom built. But utilizing um, sort of commercial off-the-shelf technology, things like Intel platforms, um, operating systems from Microsoft, for example, sort of put together in, in a product portfolio that has certain specific features and functions for different types of work in Obviously target at the, the, the mobile worker, but predominantly when you get through to the more durable end of the, the spectrum, that would be for a, an outdoor worker working in a harsh environment where there will be sort of dust, water, uh, vibration, drops, all of, all of those things. So it's trying to package those up into probably a, um, a, a, a balanced style. Where if, you know mobile working will need something which is more durable. But at the same time, need um, levels of performance, levels of battery operation time that it enables them to do their to do their role, um, with the ultimate goal of failing um, uh, you know the least amount as possible. Because again, we're deploying it mission mission critical applications and. It's always, we're never sort of bleeding edge, but we're certainly more now than ever. John, I think it's fair to say we are sort of almost sort of leading edge. It used to be a case in the industry, 20, 25 years ago, that you would look at maybe old or older generation technology and put it into a a you know a hard shell. That's a little bit different nowadays, where you've got, um, you know, the w- we are very aware of the the users' expectations. You know, the consumerization of IT, um, things like always on, always connected that's it that's expected now in sort of uh, you know even in sort of business it used to be twenty years ago william when when we started the business of twenty five years ago that probably a lot of users' access to technology was through the through business and now that's been flipped on his head that the, you know the, the last sort of five six seven eight years where typically you know everybody wants this experience um, in their sort of work product now so um, that's been a blend that we have we've had to get used to um, In that sort of journey, we've pioneered a lot of uh, technology. So we were the world's first to put um, an integrated uh, wide area network connections to a GSM module inside a device. First with an integrated CD drive, that's right, back in 1994.
3: So Probably that was a first challenge. A digi-
1: digitizer as well, I would imagine. First with Bluetooth integrated into a laptop. Yes. Yeah. So there's a number of sort of uh, world's first that happened, and and predominantly again that was dr- driven by you know challenges that the customer has been experiencing. So for for example, the the optical drive and the world's first GSM came from one customer in the UK, a, a huge utility company. Um, they wanted to basically, you know, they had to go through the, the result of a um, a sort of a public demerger into a private organization, had to create a a very agile mobile working solution that enabled their 6,000 engineers to to not go to a depot every day to pick up paperwork, but, but start work from their, their house. So they jump into their van and go and fix their, um, you know, the equipment and the assets they had out in the field. So those types of innovations and, you know, it's always nowadays it's difficult to innovate in leaps like that. Um, But we've, you know, the last sort of 15, 20 years, we were the first to market with a convertible type of PC, first to market with a wireless display. Some of those things have really taken off. Some have slowed and sort of, you know, evolved into other types of solutions. Um, But, you know, it's why we've led that market. You know, again, it's about that brand, the quality. If you're putting your intermission critical applications, Failure rate is the devil, you know, if something goes wrong, um, especially when you're out in the field, you don't have an IT department on site, you know, that's where the cost is, particularly sometimes the cost of an engineer downtime far outweighs the, uh, you know, the cost of the solution that they're using.
3: Basically, most of our users use the, the Toughbook as a tool. So it's, it's a spanner or it's a screwdriver, but it's the tool that they're using to get their jobs, to, to get the information that they require to do their jobs, uh, to be more productive, to be more efficient. And it's all about the reliability of the product. You know, at the end of the day, um, reliability and the ability for them to be able to do their job is, is key. Most of the functions and features that we include in the device have been driven by market demand. So we're not just sitting there saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could insert you know, this widget? It's been, right, we've got this to have ac- high accuracy GPS or we've got this requirement to do thermal viewing or this requirement to do 3D scanning and that's all been then integrated in the product even to the point where we do we will do lower level customization for for customers for you know a few hundred units you know so I don't want to say we we've got this specific technical technical requirement in our devices would you be interested in integrating it and We'll we'll uh, we we'll work with the customer to make sure that we've got a win-win from that point of view. So that's a little bit of a tough book yeah? As Ian sort of alluded to, from a tough book perspective, it's always something that we've that we've always done. We've always you know listened to the voice of the customer. Gemba as a as a concept is essentially the place where work happens or the thing where where something mm. gets done. You know, or the people that are doing it. Yeah, and it's a Japanese expression, and, and and we've always been really really keen to to engage with our customers to understand how they're going to use the product. What's the workflows that they're going to go through when, when using the products and make sure that the product they're selecting is, is, is the right product, that they're not picking something that's slightly cheaper because it's slightly cheaper, but it's less robust. Um, uh, so for us, it's always about, um, you know, understanding how the customer uses it and, and, you know, what the workflow is to make sure they're getting the, the, uh, the, the right product like moving forward. I'm, a little bit curious how well that's going to look like post-covid when we say can we do a (laughs) ride-along because that's what we would normally do is you know we'd spend a little bit of time actually with an engineer you know do a half day with an engineer and and understand that the the tasks that he's doing looking at the way that he's using it just sort of trying to say identify any insight or or any opportunities for us to either improve the product or offer another product to that customer um, it's really really important for us so that's the, the
2: the sort of Gemba background right is there anything you wanted to add on the Gemba program while the questions
0: out there? Uh, well, it sounds like John just answered it uh, very, very well, very succinctly. Um, we, in you know, I'm not sure if you know Will, but uh, I'm in a slight, uh, slightly different team to the Toughbook guys, right? Um, and um, we're very much involved in, 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 the, in the Gemba process, right, and, and delivering the strategy that's coming from Higuchi-san and, and CNS back, back in Japan. Um, and we work a lot with the Gemba Process Innovation Business Division there, right? Um, and they have responsibility for uh, some technologies and so on that we carry here uh, and sell direct to the customer. And, and, you know, the process that John's just outlined, right, in terms of working with that customer, understanding what's their current process. Uh, where they are, where they're trying to be, what that would look like, and so on. And quite often, uh, regardless of tech, right? So in those discussions first, we'll put tech to one side for a minute and just say, OK, what's this issue? What's the problem? What's your current process? What's the problems you have with that? What's the potential costs of that and so on? Uh, how would you be interested to replace that and so on? What would that look like in the future and spend some time with the customer to, to look at that before even considering the tech that might, might come in, right? Um, and we'll spend time on that to generate a project that would bring about bespoke solutions uh, for that customer. That in the end will be based in tech, right? Will be based on some kind of hardware, software, and services. Uh, usually, sometimes there are, there is no hardware there, but um, quite often there is, right? Um, and and bring that solution uh, to the customer, right? The the point of Gimba is to. Uh, focus, you know, what has previously been said as the business front of the customer, right? Where they are connecting with their customers and their processes, where they're delivering their business. Um, and, you know, part of what Panasonic's relevance is technology, we ha- technologies we have and so on bridge. The physical and digital worlds, right? So as people go fidgetal, pe- uh, I should say that in inverted commas, right? Uh, did you just
3: say fidgetal?
0: I did. I did just oh say fidgetal. <laughs> it rolled off the tongue. It rolled off the tongue, right? But uh, data-driven, right? At the end of the day, right? Digitization of the real world, bringing in data, those touch points and so on, right? That's where Panasonic has core technologies, right? That's where we have key technologies that can take that data from the real world and bring it in. To, uh, to to data driven platforms, right?
3: Sorry, and one of the things yeah. you said last time when we were on the call, which which resonated with me, was you know, the key thing is from my perspective is that you know we've got nearly a hundred years worth of manufacturing experience.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, we we build thousands and thousands of products. You know, we're a 7.2 billion pound business, mm-hmm. and so we build a lot of stuff, and we build a lot of stuff to to a very very high quality, um, and. You know, what we're doing with the Gemba stuff is we're essentially taking all of that knowledge and all of that experience and, and, and trying to apply it to other people's businesses. But we're, we're coming to the table with a different perspective. So we're coming here from our perspective. And I think that that, that perspective is, is really, really valuable because, you know, sometimes, you know, people can't see the wood for the trees. And mm-hmm. having someone else come into the perspective, coming with a different perspective can, can help assist um, the customers are sort of working through some of them challenges and and you know, give us the opportunity to offer our opinion or our perspective mm-hmm. on that particular thing. And then how we could see their workflow working or, or some different technologies or different solutions um, solving their problems and, and ultimately bringing productivity yeah. and efficiency gains. Yeah,
0: yeah it, absolutely right. And coming from a position of that know-how, right, and that experience and that 100 years of manufacturing excellence, right. And a big part of that then is built on process innovation, right? So focusing on the job at hand with the customer, what they're trying to do, but having that know-how position of having done those things in manufacturing for a century, century, right? Uh, And knowing how to get there, right?
2: Now, one of your key uh, partners is Lind Electronics. Would you mind explaining um, the relationship you have, any current projects that you're working on together, and why it's so essential to Panasonic's operations?
3: So Lind are our partner for uh, in-car charging uh, in the majority of cases. And I think the key thing uh, for us is all about uh, that, that sort of total, the ecosystem that goes around the product is really, really important. And, and, and Lind is a major part of that. They're, they're, only, they're our only partner around in-car charging. Uh, and I have been for 20 years,
1: John? loss on 20 years yep.
3: yeah so thousands of thousands yep. of products shipped um and again it's about this quality reliability uh, the strength of the relationship with regards to when they when problems do happen you know and how they react i think that's a key key thing um, so f- for me you know lind is 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 and will be a quality supplier and and you know the 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 testing that we do On our product, essentially, we do on their product completely independently. Um, And it's around that partnership where we've had, you know, where we've worked together and, and, you know, identified things that need to be slightly improved and and on both sides, not just their side, but on our our side as well. And and sort of coming to that mutual understanding and and, and that collaboration together is is really valuable. So for me, they're our premier and only um, in car. Charging supplier, and please go out and buy lots of Link Car chargers and stuff as well. So I think that I think the, the the gist of it is, is they're you know they're a great partner, and we don't work with anyone else, and they're one of the only ones that we've found that can can reach our quality standards. So that's the key thing, and it's again, it's about that openness and honesty to to work together to to overcome challenges, uh, even to the point where we've had them on site as well when we've had problems, and and that uh, it doesn't happen very often, does it, John?
1: No, it doesn't. They're the yeah. Nokia of car
3: chargers, basically, right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: they, and their, and their value proposition is very similar to ours, John, isn't it? You know, you, you can go and buy, if you want to buy cheaper, uh, you know, DC to DC converters, they are available out there. But, you know, specifically in terms of lend the, the, the DC plug through to the cables, the quality of the cables, the, the, the aluminium extrusions, all sit exactly the story fits exactly what tough book is about yes you know you can go and buy cheaper if you want to buy you know buy buy cheap buy twice for example the stuff lasts
3: forever right we've we've done stuff with customers uh, in europe and in the us where we've had we've had the the product refresh so for the tough but refresh and bearing in mind our refresh circles are around five years we've had the same power supply in the car for 15 years so wow. um, all that stuff's been moved from one car and put into another car um, yep. and that's uh, that's a testament to the reliability of the product and the design of the product so it's uh you know it's, it's it's an amazing relationship and the fact that they participated in this shows you the level of the relationship as well yeah
1: yeah You and warranty and lindon got together well because it's a case of uh, you know if you ask me what the the warranty returns procedure was well then you don't you know what i mean we don't see them and that's the part of it you, you it's one of those buy and forget type of approaches yep that's mm. there's just no other you just do that if you want to go half price we that's we we won't endorse that product at all that's your risk if it causes issues we only recommend the lind product because it's that level of quality that's the same as, as ours.
2: Mm. well it's a pretty it's uh, a pretty stunning endorsement there for lind um, but uh, following on from that, is there are there any companies which you guys, um, which come to mind that are also like important in terms of uh, supplying a particular technology or from like a kind of daily operational perspective who'd uh, like to mention? That we've got, there are many partners
3: that we work with uh, in, in our ecosystem. Um, ultimately, our focus is around the, the PC and the components that go in the PC. Um, I'm not going to, you know, they're the, the, the usual suspects um, mm. that you would expect to find in, 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 a, in a PC. Um, I think the key thing is, is that, you know, from an ecosystem point of view, uh, it's really, really important that we have a full suite of, of third-party products.
1: To give it a perspective, in terms of uh, sort of European ecosystem, it's not that sort of grand. Well, so you've got probably... The likes of Lynn, you've probably got another five or six organisations that we work that closely with, um, in the vehicle mount space, in you know, in the software space, in other parts of the you know the the, the value chain, um, but and you know our our sort of. Sort of requirements in terms of a, a, a partner um, are very similar to what we would expect with Lynn. It's very much a partner approach, first and foremost, you know, value proposition, quality strategy, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder quite often. Like going back to the Lynn example if we have an issue with the customer the customer looks to us to lead that issue through to resolution that could be with Lynn standing shoulder to shoulder to us standing shoulder to shoulder with the customer so that's the you know th- those are the types of it's not the you know the, the the days are gone where it's sort of box shifting and uh you know just getting units out the door um that's not you know we play in a relatively niche market in terms of rugged mobile solutions you know it's not a um, you know, maybe Apple will sell what we, you know, what we sell in Europe. Apple will probably sell this afternoon on the web, for example. Um, so it's a different scale. So it means that the, you know, that that customer orientation, focus, service, um, when things happen or not, is critical because you can't afford to. Uh, and you're dealing with big brands. You know, you, you look at any any business across Europe, and pr- predominantly, tough book is in there. Through so, you know, automotive, utilities, aerospace, um, everything you know, Toughbook and Panasonic is in there. So we can't afford to sort of uh, annoy those guys and then, then they decide to buy something else the next time around.
2: <laughs> Not a problem.
1: Not that we, we would, got, but, but yeah, we can't afford to do it. Going <laughs>
3: back to the, the, the Gemba thing, you know, ultimately we're looking at solving a problem Looking at the way that customer works and looking at solving their problems, and if that requires us to then go and source third-party products to 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 help us solve that problem, then we're we're willing to do that. But I think the key thing is is that we we back it up with the the internal evaluation testing, um, and and make sure this is reliable. So we're not we're not the weakest that 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 third-party product's not the weakest link. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, It causes some internal challenges with regards to you know why do I need to do it like this and why I've done that and and I think the key thing is because we're the ones that are in front of the customer we're the ones that are supporting it um, you know some of our third parties are relatively small um, and don't necessarily have the footprint globally as, as, as Panasonic does so therefore it's all about us being comfortable about um, you know what we approve and what, what we sell and what we don't sell
1: The other thing, the last thing on on LIND as well, Will, is that LIND is a power supply provider, you know, DC to DC converter that is classed in Panasonic uh, as a corporation, as a safety critical part that you have to get through to get to the quality levels, you know, the standards that we um, sort of put into our products to ensure safety and regulation all those things. It's an incredibly high bar to get over um yeah. and that's why you know you can't just find these types of organizations that are willing to go to that level to stand behind their product and do all of the testing and development they do so um yeah it, you know lind it's testament to lind that they're uh that, that, that they're with us on this journey of course you know they probably uh, you know they, they do well in their own right in the in their respective industries as well but in the tough book world they are by far number one um, in terms of because we don't stand by anything else apart from lind
3: Going back to that, John. This, you know, this going back to this hundred years thing. This is a, our quality manual. All two hundred and sixty-one pages of it, <laughs> <laughs> and it covers things like power supplies. It covers external temperatures. It covers connector qualities, and and it's that hundred years worth of experience that's been boiled into. And this is one of probably many um, many documents. that got. I've just got it because someone's coming out to me and needed, you know needed to refer to it quite often. Um, And that's what it's all about. It's all about providing that reliability and that quality to our customer. Mm.
2: So then moving on to something which a lot of our readers are very interested by, which is a digital transformation. There's a lot of it going on and it seems like every company's got a different perspective on this topic. Um, What does it mean to you guys and how has uh, Panasonic been employing it?
3: We just went, we moved to Teams recently, <laughs> uh, and our European IT friends uh, have just moved to OneDrive, which was uh, eventful. Um, I suppose at the end of the day, you know, um, we're a, a, a modern company, the same as everyone else, and we've got the same challenges as everyone else. I think COVID 19's sort of probably pull, pulled our digitalization plans forward, but you know, we use modern tools and techniques the same mm. as everyone else. Um, transition
0: for us during COVID was, for, at least from my experience, right, for people who are not having to be physically present in a factory, for example, was pretty quick, pretty swift, pretty yeah.
3: fearless, right That was a bit of a challenge as well, though, because obviously, you know, physically, you know, factories require bodies to be inside. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, so... so say,
0: for us, like, who are not, let's say, uh, necessary to production,
3: right? Yeah. It, it yeah.
0: wasn't so. wasn't so painful or uh,
3: no no but i, I suppose that that, that blend of, of of internal versus external stuff uh, you know majority of panasonic offices have, have, have sort of embraced this work from home including in japan which has been quite stunning actually the, yeah. the, you know our team's usage probably went from you know five ten percent to probably 95 percent and you know, the majority of people working from home and, and they are continuing to work from home as well um but yeah i i, I suppose we're never going to be the the Microsoft or the, you know, insert the sort of most dynamic uh, IT-led orientated company because it, it's not about that. It's about providing, you know, the, the right tools
2: to the right people at the right time. I think that's the key thing. Yeah, mm. Yes, yeah, fine. Um, did uh, Did anyone else have anything to add to that one?
0: for me it's a, the the story with us is more about you know, on digital transformation is 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 more on the customer side of course there's there's the internal aspects right um, which is uh, as john said it's 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 not critical to us actually right but on the customer side uh, we support those digital transformation journeys right in, in, in as i've said about bringing data in making management data driven and so on right speaking of partners right we have group partners and uh, very close collaborative partners also, right? Companies like ZT's, companies like Blue Yonder. ZT's are 100% owned by Panasonic. Blue Yonder are 20% owned by Panasonic. And both those companies, basically their mission is to provide digital transformation solutions to their customers across the supply chain, right? So between us, ZT's, and Blue Yonder, there's no very few aspects of the supply chain that we can't address, right? Through the the, the amalgamation of the solutions that come from those three companies. Right. And I think that's, that's, you know, key to point out in terms of what we are, we are doing these days. Right. And then other things like, uh, we, as a part of that, building out new customer experience centers, right. We have a new one in Tokyo. We have a new one coming here in Europe very soon. Right. Uh, and globally. Um, and also panasonic now is opening up as part of that gimba process innovation opening up our factories right for our customers to come and see how we do that excellence uh, in our manufacturing and the digitization of that manufacturing so this is a, uh, our flagship uh, factory in saga in japan is now open to us to take our b2b partners there our b2b customers there and experience and and, and know that uh, those those processes, right, those solutions, those technologies that we're deploying ourselves and through those customer experience centers, um, which are very hands-on and very built for co-creation, co-development and so on, to get those processes moving for them also, right, and bring that know-how to them. So in terms of, for customers, digital transformation, there's quite a lot of activity there uh, that's putting us at the forefront of
3: those things. I think given this uh, current COVID environment as well, we're also investigating, obviously, how do we, how we, how do we digitalize that digital process? So how do we take something that would have traditionally been face to face and 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 move it to online? So, you know, we're looking at doing some workshops with customers probably just after the summer using Miro. I don't know whether you've seen Miro, it's an online collaboration tool. Obviously we've got teams, um, but we're looking at all of the sort of different tools and techniques Um, that we can utilize to do as much as we can virtually um, and therefore limit the the interaction physically um, purely simply because of the the COVID thing. I think the key thing for for us as a business is that physical interaction with the customers is really, really important because that's, you know, the, the, the Gemba doesn't work virtually, Yeah. You know, i can't you, know, you can't wander around a, a customer facilities with a, a, a you know a vr headset on you need to physically go there you need to physically see it with your own eyes you need to you need to smell it you need to breathe it you need to um interact with customers um which for us is really really important and, and i think the other thing is, is that as ian says you know when, when you visit a panasonic factory you get first of all the the, the quality and the attention to detail. You know, we have something called 5S. You know, most of our factories are spotless. Um, they have regular inspections by uh, the, the managing director of our business. Walks around the, the the factory at seven o'clock in the morning when no one's there, <laughs> looking for like why is that box there? Why has that not been tidied up? You know, why is that not in order? All this sort of stuff. Um, and these are the things that people notice. They notice the that the guys in Cardiff tend to wear uniforms. When they're in a the shop, they're wearing uniforms. We've got very, we've got antistatic flooring throughout the, throughout the facility. We've got very, very specific lighting that gives you indoor, outdoor lighting to, to improve on the, on the environment. So all of these things are, are really, really important. And I think for every customer we've taken to Cardiff, John, I think we've got probably like a 99% win hit rate, right? So every customer who visits a facility down in Cardiff typically turns into a physical customer. Yeah, And I guess that that's probably what we're trying to replicate in some of the factories in Japan as well. Yeah. In, in our factory in Japan, in, in, um, uh, the, the, the PC factory, um, once a year, they typically take around 200 students and they get to build their own PC, right? Which they then take away with them. And then they use when they're at university, you know, and that type of experience, you know, it's really, really important for people, really important to, to see the environment where people work, to understand that it's not a sweatshop. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know a very positive working environment, and and it's uh, it's part of the reason why the product's slightly more expensive, and the, and the quality's uh, a little bit higher than, or sometimes a lot higher than than some of the uh, the other vendors out there.
2: Are there any other projects or developments that we've not already mentioned that you're allowed to discuss here that you'd like to bring up?
1: Yeah, I think the only, the, the one thing I would like to to mention, well, is again in the 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 toughbook space. Um, you know, we were talking about some of the innovation early, earlier on, and of course digital transformation and it's it's almost a you know a journey that we're on constantly is what else you can digitalize what else can you turn into um, digital data that is actionable um and more recently uh, we've you know our push into the thermal uh, camera space um, you know because of course you can you can feel heat but uh, seeing heat is some is somehow difficult unless you're one of the um, you know superhumans from or, or you know from a Disney character or whatever else is very difficult to do. So um you know that type of thing the the the, the real sense 3D depth measuring type of approach where it's what else can we turn into something that is that brings business benefits you know in in the thermal world um, ultrasonic world there's lots of sensors potentially that could be um, integrated or combined in a solution that will give you a, an alternative view of the, the problem at hand and to give you a, a, you know, so you can make a more informed decision about what you as a as an engineer, a user, as an organization needs needs to do. So I think we're just very much on the cusp of that at the moment. So those technologies, for example, thermal and depth measure, measurement cameras exist. Um, working through at the Gemba to, to find out what the, the real application is and what the business differentiation is, is is where we are at this moment in time and we've got a number of large organizations that are trialing these technologies with a view to sort of doing you know multi-thousand devices implementations into their workforce so i think that's the that you know the next stage we're at in the next sort of probably 12 to 24 months really
3: and there's other other things as well is just the whole situational awareness thing john i think that key thing is is that there's a you know we're on the cusp of blending multiple feeds of of multiple layers of information and then yeah. presenting it in such a way that it becomes you know so if, if for instance there is an IOT a, a IoT device connected to a pump a boiler or a, yeah. a, you know a, a lift motor or, or even a vehicle all of a sudden let's take that information and present it in such a way that, that people can actually make sense of it um, and, and make sense of it in such a way that it you know it, it, it increases their productivity it makes them more efficient. It makes them more effective.
1: Um, I think that's the a blend. I like John because you're right. Because sometimes you know, again talking about a sensor, or you, for example, the thermal view. If you add the thermal view to that IoT view, for example, of a central heating pump, you yep. get a different, you know, view on the on the data itself. Exactly. So it's, it's a different meaning. So yeah, that's that's important, John. I like that blend statement. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is for
3: me is one of the one of the key challenges that we've got. In general, as a as a society, is that you've got this you know massive gap uh, uh, of the sort of like you know the the boomers of thinking about retiring and the sort of younger generation coming in, and you've got a gap. There's a big gap there. It's, it's a known gap. Um, you, some of these individuals might up might end up doing in some of these roles, but some of that they call tribal knowledge is going to be lost so we, mm. so the th- some of the things that we're looking at, at the moment is is that uh, is how do you capture that knowledge or or how do you take that knowledge and you you factor it into your business so you take someone who's been in the field for 30 years and you say right okay great job 30 years in the field what we're going to do is give you a desk job or we're going to let you work from home but we want you to be available to do Remote mentor, or over the show, shoulder, or, or, you know, remote training, and all these types of applications. And it's all around the the, the, the sort of digitalization around them processes that I think where we are uh, sort of starting to see some traction in in, in the industry. And is them sort of bigger sociological sort of issues around, you know, generational gaps, and, and and then how do you then apply the technology? But how do you apply the technology in in, in such a way that it becomes visible, You know. You know, I, I want to talk about minority report, but, you know, it's it's <laughs> type of, that type of, right, okay, we've got all of these feeds coming in. What do we want to see? How do we blend it? How do we blend it in such a way that it means, it is relevant to that particular individual? Um, and, and, you know, going back to what Ian was saying earlier, Ron, that's where the sort of Gemba stuff comes in, right? Because we want to understand how they're using it, what they're using it for, um, you know, is it is it too much? You know, do you... Do you, do you zoom in and do you zoom out, and, and, and the, the levels of information you see as you zoom in and zoom out sort of change? It's, it's dynamic. I think all of these uh, these things are going to start to sort of come into, into being useful. We, we have got people that are just going from paper to electronics, you know. So, and me and John have worked in this business for a very, very long time, and we both got similar slides around that sort of generational. Technology, technolo- technology generational things, you know, it went from paper to digital, it then went from digital to dynamic, and then it went from dynamic, dynamic to regional specific, and, and now it's becoming this situational awareness sort of stuff is, is really, really sort of starting to come in. So, yeah, interesting time, Jan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, just a quick one from from, from my perspective interesting to see right now, I mean, within digital transformation and so on, there's a a lot of emphasis on automation, right? And uh, in some cases, full automation, right? Where jobs are automated away and so on. But a lot of things we're doing right now are based on partial automation and retention of of workers, right? But uh, assisting that work, making it better, making it easier, making, making it more efficient, right? So in the retail space, we deploy sensing technology to keep, keep an eye on what's going on with the stock situation at any given time around the store, for example, right? Or in the warehouse. And then that technology is used to help uh, make inputs for work assignments and so on, how staff are deployed, et cetera, right? To make that the best it can be for that customer, right? In logistics, we have ways to partially automate the sorting of parcels uh, for inbound and outbound operations in, in and warehouse management, warehouse execution, right? So uh, we are projecting onto parcels, the destinations of these parcels, where they need to go, which makes the sorting process for those workers much easier much better and actually much safer, right? So it helps them maintain their distance at the moment also, right? Um, And other things like physical assistance through robotics of of workers and so on that we're looking at right now, and that's not deployed yet in Europe, but uh, we're deploying it in Japan and other parts of Asia, right? So there's definitely an interesting theme there where we don't necessarily fully automate everything, although that can be done, right? But in, in these cases uh, where we are partially automating and improving the workspace, making it more efficient uh, as a business, but then also making that work uh, a more pleasant and, and better experience for the workers too. Right? And I see that a lot as, as one part of what we're doing right now
2: fantastic all right then gents that brings us to the end of the interview thank you so much for taking the time it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with all three of you thank you well well okay. right, thanks appreciate very much your for your time appreciate it yep. yeah. thank you take care yourselves have a nice day. evening thank, thank you John take Bye. care Cheers, mate. bye-bye, bye-bye. 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 bye-bye.